Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Well, it might be because I haven't preached in four weeks, but like I'm like ready, you know what I mean? So I think I got all the obnoxious and raw, not for live stream stuff out in the 9 a.m., but we'll find out in just a minute here if that's true or not. Um, if you want the raw, unedited version of the message, come to the 9 a.m. That's the, that's the non-live stream one. <laughs> anyway, um, it's more saucy for sure. I have this, the mes- message title this morning is called The Body of Christ, and you might be like, it shouldn't be a Christmas message. It is, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. But I want you to leave here with this one thing. Are you ready? I want you to leave here with an understanding that it's a massive privilege to be a part of the body. It is a massive privilege to be a part of the body of Christ. I'm not sure that we hold with awe the privilege of being a part of Jesus' body on earth, and I want us to. And I was sitting with the Lord as I always do, and I just asked him, and this passage came to me. It's a famous passage uh, that you know, and it's a very Christmas uh, passage, okay? So this is a Christmas message. This passage makes it legal. But before we get there, I want you to get this in your mind that Jesus gave us his body so that we could become a body. He gave us his physical body so we could be his body on the earth. And that's a massive privilege. We need to think of it this way. Not only that we could be a body, but so that we could be a somebody. It could be healthy. It could be active. It could do something, right? Everybody wants to be somebody. Well, we get to be somebody because he gave us his body. Got it? Yes? Okay. All right. So God the Son, Jesus, the Son of God, is God the Son was born as a child. That statement alone is a wild statement. God the Son was born as a child. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but every Christmas I think about this. Like, couldn't God, of course he could have because he's God. Couldn't he have just like been, you know, 30 years old, like fully formed, just like crack open the skies and just, you know, walk down into earth and be like, here I am. And everybody would have believed because they see it happen and things like that. Like, why did he have to go through, you know, a birth canal? And become a baby and, like, need a fallible, imperfect human to care for him. Have you thought about the fact that, like, Jesus pooped? Yeah. Have you thought about the fact that, like, he probably pooped his pants as a human? It's called holy crap. Mary had to deal with that. You're welcome. (laughs) That's God in the flesh experiencing the life of humanity. Think about that. Like, what if Mary didn't hear him crying in the other room? Like, what if he, he broke his arm and nobody found him, and he's just laying out there somewhere in the hillside of Jerusalem? Like, he subjected himself to this stuff. It's amazing that God the Son was born as a child. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Some of you will get the giggles out. It's okay. You can giggle. It's fine. Go ahead. Okay, he said crap. All right. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. Oh, by the way, I felt like saying this too. That just reminded me. Like, we love babies in here. We love it. If you got babies and they're crying, 
That's the, that's the sound of heaven to me, okay? It's not only, okay, I love it. I love it. Don't let the baby cry and think you're bothering me. I, it's not. And if it bothers you, get over yourself, all right? Get over it. Like, oh, uh, I hate that crap. Baby should be carried out like, you know, good intentions quickly. Stop it. Have you heard that? Crying baby should be carried out like good intentions quickly. Oh, yeah, that's sad. That's just awful, all right? Awful. So baby Jesus, we're good with that, and we're good with baby you, all right? We're good with all those babies, all right? That's what it says, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. It says, for, us, for to us a child is born. To us a son is this is a whole different message, but you need to understand that the son, the child was born, but the son gave himself. Okay? Massive difference. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name, say his name. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know there's a growing ideology in Christianity that Jesus is the son of God, but not God the son. It's growing. It's, it's absolute heresy. And it's, it's, I, it's true. It's out there and it's growing. Our entire church is dedicated to this. Okay? I, I know by experience. <laughs> I'm not going to go into that story. Uh, <laughs> they are trying to strip away the deity of Jesus. And I don't know how you can read that and do it. you got to wide it out from your Bible. you got to throw Isaiah out as a false prophet. It says, his name shall be called Mighty God. Mighty God. God the Son was born as a child. Radical stuff. Can you imagine Isaiah actually writing that down? Like he hears it and he just, like the nerve, <laughs> right? Like the, the courage it would take to write something like that down. Wow. Jesus is God. Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> uh, just letting everyone know this is the truth. It says, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So God the Son was born as a child. I want you to get this, that he took on a human body. Fully God, fully man. Philippians 2. You understand what I'm saying? A human body, like flesh and bone, okay? So not only was he a baby given a body, this is the Messiah in a body. This is the Messiah, the Christ, given a, you know, a meat blanket. I don't know how else to put it. Like, he's got the same stuff, the same constraints, the same, you know, realities of what it means to live in the limited form. God the Son was born as a child, and the Christ was given a body. The Savior was given a body. Let's read that out of Hebrews 10, 1 through 7. It says, For since the law was but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. Did you hear that? If it cleansed them once, they wouldn't even be conscious of their sins. A lot of us are still conscious of our sin. We give more attention to our sinfulness than to the sun. And we need to get out of sin consciousness and into sun consciousness and watch what it does. That's just, okay. <laughs> Haven't preached in four weeks. Sorry. <clears throat> 
would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. That sounds like a lot of church gatherings to me. And we upped the ante. That was once a year. They're like, every week, we're remind you you're a sinner. Hmm. There's a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, hello, when Christ took on a body, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired. He's talking to the Father. But a body you have prepared for me. A body you've prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I've come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. So the Christ, the Savior, was given a body. You understand that he was given uh, three gifts at his birth by the, the men from the east, the Magi, right? Yes? What are they? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know what myrrh is? It's embalming fluid for death. Yes? It's used to embalm a dead body. So he's given a kingly gift, the gold. He's given a priestly gift, the frankincense. That's what they burn in the Holy of Holies. It burns white. It's a picture of purity. And he's given embalming fluid. He's the king priest given a body to die right at his birth. Amazing. He says, you don't want bulls and goats. You don't want these animals chopped up every single year. You gave me a body. Come on. That's intense. And it's amazing to think that the Messiah was given a body, one that hurt, one that bled, one that had pain. Amazing. He not only was given a body to save us, he glorified God in his body throughout his life. He lived a perfect life throughout the day, all the days of his life. This is John 17, 4 through 5. This is God the Son speaking to God the Father. Are you with me? Is everybody okay? All right. So just to explain the Trinity for you, it's not 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 1. That's bad math, right? It's 1 times 1 times 1 times 1 equals 1. Three ones multiplied together. 1 to the third power equals 1. Are you with me? So this is, I know, you're like, how does that work? It's God in three persons. God the Son is speaking to God the Father. And he says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. That's a God claim right there. Right there, he's claiming to be God. And he's talking to God. When God talks to God, you need to pay attention. Right? He says, I have glorified you on earth. I've done everything I'm supposed to do. So not only was he God the Son born as a child, not only was he born to die as a sacrifice, through his whole life he glorified God with everything he did in the body. Amazing. Incredible. I'm going somewhere with this to just hang on for the ride, right? Not only that, after he died and rose again, he took his glorified body into heaven. Do you understand that he rose from the grave with the holes in his hands and the, uh, in his feet and the scar on his side, but with a body. He ate with them. He proved he was real. You could touch him. He appeared to more than 500 people, it says. A physical body. And he took that body into heaven in the ascension. 
I'm, I, I have become growingly concerned with the biblical illiteracy of the church. Because it seems like preachers can get away with anything nowadays because no one's reading their Bibles. I, I'll, just, I'll just cat out of the bag, let you know, 2024, like, I'm leaning, I'm pretty heavy on the scriptures anyway. But I'm like, we may do like, I don't know, like entire readathons. Like, we might just read a book of the Bible on a Sunday and see who comes back. You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> might just spend three days just reading the Bible. No praying, no singing, nothing, no preaching, just read it. Because we're woefully illiterate in the American church. We really are. And that's why all this stuff gets out there and the heresy is able to take root and grow. Not in this house. Amen. Not doing it. He took his glorified body into heaven according to Acts 1, 6 through 11. Listen to this. It says, so when they had come together, they asked him, these are the disciples, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit or when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, say these things. As they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. This is not a parable. This is not a vision. This actually happened. Okay? One day we'll have church budgets where I can have a harness on. I'll read these verses and just start lifting off the stage. No, I'm just joking. We will never do that garbage, all right? <laughs> Sorry. It's not doing it. Not doing any of the tricks. The gimmicks make me sick. I just thought to give you that visual to make you laugh. I don't know. So it says, while they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they're gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men, two men stood by them in white robes. Okay, get the picture. Like one of these, a human, like, like this, talking to you. Lifted off the ground, into the clouds, out of their sight, and then, boom, two men appear. You know? Like, oh, in white robes. And it says, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Because he floated. Because he did the Superman thing. I don't know, it's like, oh, it seems like a silly question. You know what I mean? Why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go to heaven. We believe in the bodily return of Jesus Christ. Lying in the sand. Jesus will return in the same glorified body he took with him into heaven. We probably disagree on the rapture and all the things. And I really recommend you just flush any theology you get from Hollywood. Or a movie you watched that terrified you as a kid. Just flush, okay? That's the other stuff. That's not the holy, you know, that's the, anyway. Um, there's a lot of us who get theology from a movie series about the end times, things like that. My theology comes from the scriptures. And all it says here is he will be lifted up. He was lifted up in his heaven, his earthly body. He will come in that body as well without explanation. There's other places we could go. But for today, I need you to understand Born, God the Son, born as a baby, lived a perfect, glorifying God life, died because he was anointed from birth to die, raised himself up from the grave, proving he's God, and then lifted himself up off the earth. And that body is in heaven right now. Have you thought about the fact that flesh and bone is seated on the throne right now? There is a human 
representative in heaven. It's God the Son. When he took on a body, the angels saw what God looked like for the very first time. They cover their faces. He's all light. When, they, when he came as a baby, laid in the manger, laid there, the angels were like peering in to go, we've waited thousands of years. We waited an eternity long to see what God's face looks like. Whew. And he was going to retain that body he was born with. You understand? That body that came through Mary is now seated in another realm, ruling and reigning until all of his enemies become a footstool. And you and I now are that body on the earth. You and I have the high privilege of being the literal hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. Before he returns with his glorified body, he wants to bring glory through his earthly body. And that's you and me. What a privilege. Many of us are waiting for Jesus to come back and fix it. Just fix it, Lord. You know, get me out of here. You know, rapture me now. Rapture means elation, by the way, so that's actually a good prayer. Like, bliss me out now, Lord. <laughs> like, let me, let me have the joy of heaven now. Yes, amen, amen. But he's not going to answer the prayer, get me out of here. He's going to answer the prayer, let it come here. He said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're praying to get off the earth and into heaven. He's like, I'm already here, bro. You're already here, seated with me in heavenly places, Ephesians 2.10. Why are you trying to escape the place you're supposed to transform so that he can return? This is the privilege of living this side of the cross. You are the body of Christ. You might not believe me. I have a bunch of scriptures. Are you ready? I'm going to go fast. We are now his body on the earth. Amen? Ephesians 5.29-30. No one ever hated his own flesh but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church because we are members of his, help me, body. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 20. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, there, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Come on, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Come on, Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. I want to... Way with awe the privilege of being a part of that body. I want to entreat you to do the same. What are we talking about here? God the Son, born as a child, glorified God perfectly with his life, sowed his life into the ground, went into the, the tomb that was a womb, three, nine months took three days, and we were all born again. And then he lifted himself off the earth and went into heavenly places and said, I'm coming back. And you pray this way, my kingdom come, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you are that body. I find it 
I don't have a good word for it. No, I don't have good word. I don't have nice words for it. Let me say that. I have good words for it. I don't have a kind word for it, what I'm about to describe. But I find this, the adage that I don't need the church. I'm just following Jesus. Well, according to Jesus, you're a part of a body. And so this is sacred. Some are trying to de-emphasize and get away from the Sunday morning thing. I understand. That's an overreaction because some churches, it's just about the amount of people in the chairs. I get that. But let's not swing way the other way. This is holy. You look around this room, different ages, ethnicities, backgrounds. There's one reason we're here. It's because we belong to one body. Sunday is the body gathered so that on Monday it can be the body scattered. It can be the one reaching out and bringing, coming back together and reaching out and coming back together. You know what it's like for someone to say, I don't need the church. I'm not into the institution. I understand there are abuses. Hello, I grew up in church. I've seen them, all right? Not denying any of that. I'm just saying it's worth the fight to be a part of the body. It's a high privilege to be a part of this. And if you say, I don't need the body, you're like a hand saying, I don't need the arm. Or a leg saying, I don't need the hip. You know what it's like for disconnected body parts to be thrown around everywhere? That's a crime scene. Body parts everywhere. And then the hand has an idea and it wants to do it, but it's just flapping around over there because it's not connected to the arm. And then the shoulder wants to help somebody, but it can't move anywhere because the kneecap's in the corner. And they're all saying, disunity is the problem. I agree. But you're not even thinking about working together yet because you don't weigh with all the privilege of being one body. You know that the resting place is just a congregation of the one church of Tampa Bay. You understand, I don't lead a different church than my dear brother, Gia Munoz. If I do, one of us is leading a false church. I lead a different congregation. Congregation means gathering. I lead a different huddle of the same body. God looks at regional churches, not churches with buildings, but regional. Are you with me? So this is beyond even this. But I want you to start to realize the sacred, holy act of gathering unto the body, caring for one another, working together. In, in, I said I wouldn't share this, but I will. Yeah. Uh, in the Corinthian story the, of the, uh, the first and second Corinthians, there's this moment where Paul literally kicks somebody out of the church. You remember this? It's because he's doing horrible things. He's bragging about sleeping with his dad's wife, his mom, his mother-in-law. He's bragging about it in church. Gross. Paul literally says, don't let that guy in. Kick him out. And then in the letter to, the second letter to the Corinthians, he says, welcome him back. What's going on here? Read between the lines. He got kicked out, and he wanted to come back. We got people kicking themselves out and thinking they're more spiritual. How do we get from the church people literally being like, you can't be here with us while you're doing that, while you're proud of that, and people are begging to get back in to now, I don't need the church. I am the bride of Christ. No, you're not. I am the church. No, you're not. I don't need to go to church. The church is everywhere I go. No, it isn't. The church is a body. And if you're by yourself, you are not the church. I think I just proved that scripturally. 
I mean, it requires connection. What, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting. What's your son's name? The one who prayed? Yeah, Avery. Avery was hearing the word of the Lord this morning. <laughs> he had no idea what I was preaching. He prophesied my message. He's like, Lord, just let us be together and don't let us go apart. Amen. I was like, we can go home. <laughs> Psalm chapter 8 says, out of the mouths of babes and infants, I will establish strength to silence the accuser. So I'm just preaching Avery's message this morning. I'm just repeating him. Amen. What if in 2024, and even starting this Thursday at prayer and Friday at the Christmas gathering, just starting now, what if we made gathering with the body a high privilege? What if we made serving the other members of the body, especially those that are not like us, like maybe you're the foot and you're to serve the hand, right? What if we made serving other members of the body a high privilege? What if we made caring for the hurting members of our body a high privilege? And what if we made growing and expanding the body of Christ in the earth a high and holy privilege? What would change? If that happened, what would change? Can you see it in your mind? How would conflict look different? What would your schedule look like? What would your availability for other brothers and sisters become? This is me trying to flip the script on you, right? I'm not here to do the ministry. I'm here to equip you to do the work of the ministry so that the body builds itself up. What if it was a high privilege to belong to the body of Christ? There's only one body of Christ on the earth. You're looking at it. Look around. This is it. We're part of it. My prayer is that we would truly weigh with awe the sacred privilege of gathering, of caring, of connecting and expanding the body of Christ. I hope this time next year, we can say, wow, it was such a privilege to spend an entire year doing all of that as the body. Amen? Amen. Would you stand? Good word, Caleb. I needed that. That was very helpful. I needed to hear it. I should say Avery. Good word, Avery. Man. I want to have our prayer team come down. If you're here, I want everyone to actually close your eyes. We're not going to do the raise the hand thing, but I want you to just have a still moment with just you. Okay, close your eyes. I want to ask a very potent question right now. Are you sure you're part of the body? If you're here and you're like, I don't know. Today's your day to come home. Today's your day to connect. Today's your day. And I'm not talking about attending this congregation. I'm talking about being a part of the body of Christ. Here's all it takes. Believe that Jesus is everything he said he is. That he's God in the flesh. That he died a horrible death, forgiving you for all your sins. And raised himself up from the grave. And is now seated in heaven. And he from that place actually commands men and women everywhere to repent. 
That means to change, to receive the forgiveness that he offers. And if you deny it, there's no other forgiveness. You got to work it out on your own. But the Lord of glory has made a way. God became flesh, became a son of man, so that the sons of men could become child, children of God again. And here's your opportunity. This team down here is going to receive you at the end. We're going to say amen. And if that's you, don't leave. Don't leave. Don't walk out. Try to figuring it out. Try figuring it out yourself. Don't walk out trying to forgive yourself. Don't walk out just saying, forget that. This is an invitation to be completely healed, saved, delivered, forgiven. And if you're not sure that's ever happened, if you don't have that conviction in your heart, just come down at the end. Let's make it happen. He's ready to receive you. The Father is looking. He's looking down the road, waiting for you to turn and run home. And this, this team will welcome you. If you're here and you haven't made the gathering of the body, the participation of the body of Christ, a privilege, a high privilege, it's your chance just to say, thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me 2,000 years ago for that. I'm going to dedicate myself to making this a high privilege. And you don't even have to do it here. If you're from another congregation, you want to find another congregation, I don't care. I'm talking about participating in the body of Christ, which is beautiful and variety's and vast. And I can give you five churches right now that I highly recommend. Seriously. You just ask me after. I will tell you. If you're not down with this, but you're like, I think that's true, but I can't hang out with you crazies, I'll give you five right now that you go, go check out. Amen. But Father, I'm asking you to convict us by your spirit. Convict us to make this a privilege to hold with awe the sacred act of being a part of your body on earth. There's only one, and we get to be a part of it. So, Father, as we go, I thank you that you didn't just call us to be with one another. You called us to go with one another. You're sending your body. You're not going to lunch, y'all. You're being sent there. You're not going to work tomorrow. You're being sent there. You're being commissioned by the Lord of glory to bring heaven everywhere you go. And you need help doing it. Amen. Can somebody say amen? I need help doing it. That's why we need each other. So, Lord, send us from this place today. Show us your heart, Lord, the right way to go. Help us to run from the wrong things and run into the right things. Give us a heart for those who are broken. Break our heart for what breaks yours, especially in this season, Lord, those who don't have family. Let's be their family. Father, I pray for conviction to invite lonely people over for Christmas. I pray for conviction to stop and actually look someone in the eye and say, how are you doing? And mean it and not care how long it takes. Lord, let us each do the work of an evangelist in this season. And help us, Father, to care for one another. If the body is hurting in here, please come get prayer. Help us to care, Lord, in new and greater ways shepherding one another into your goodness and mercy. And Father, continue to show us the truth of your word. Thank you for the light of life that is for all men. Your word, the word, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Thank you for teaching us in the way we should go. Father, we seal all these things. We say we are the body. Come on, can we say that together? We are the body. We are the body. It's a privilege to be in the body. It's a privilege to be a part of your body. Father, we receive it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. Awesome. Please come get prayer. Get your kids. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.